Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 39. The Faith of a Canaanite Woman Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, uh, Jeffrey, for reading. Thanks, Rebecca, for praying, praying for me. And uh, yeah, let's look at God's word together. Now, as we mentioned, yeah, it's a really tough time in, uh, in Hong Kong, in the world. Everything okay? Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's actually tougher for some than for others, right? It's been much tougher for domestic helpers. Uh, the rising food prices is, of course, a lot tougher for uh, the poor. Um, so many things, right? People who want to leave. Some people can just pack their bags and go, and other people want to leave, but they, they can't. It can sometimes seem so really unfair, right? Um, half a year ago, those horrific pictures of uh, when uh, the U.S. was pulling out of Afghanistan. And, uh, yeah. The airplanes leaving and all these uh, people from Afghanistan who just wanted to go, who were desperate to get on this flight, but, but couldn't. It's so sad, right? Uh, that, you know, there is hope, uh, there is an escape, uh, and it's not for everyone. And yeah, that, that breaks your heart, but that, that's often a reality, right? But how is that with the gospel? Because the gospel is, of course, the ultimate hope. Whatever happens in this world, it doesn't matter, right? Because there's a great new creation coming. But, but who is this hope for? Is that really for everyone? Uh, you, you, you're trusting in Jesus. You're putting your hope in him. But, you know, is Jesus for you? Is he for people from your background, uh, from your country? Maybe personally, you're just very aware, actually, 
you know, you're a terrible sinner. Uh, would Jesus want to save you? Right? That's something that's, that's real for many of us, how we feel. Um, we want to share the gospel hope. Great, but is it for everyone? Uh, these people around me, uh, you know, if I invite them to jo come and to Jesus, uh, is Jesus for them? And then the, the gospel is really precious, it's wonderful hope, but one thing that we need to be clear on is, is who is it for? And I think that's today's passage. That's what we're going to look at. It's a great passage, of course, powerful miracles, right? Uh, demons cast out and healings and feeding, but uh, we're not going to focus on the miracles. Now, there's a lot of depth to this passage that I, I hope to unwrap. And I, I think the big, um, yeah, and the surface layer that uh, is a wonderful point is that, well, Jesus loves Gentiles. Jesus loves Gentiles. That is, uh, yeah, all the texts we've read, it's in a way about Gentiles. Because where is Jesus going? Well, verse 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. If you don't know where that is, that's to the north of Israel. It's a, it's a Gentile area. He's going to the Gentiles. Now, I don't know why he's going there. Maybe he just wants a break from the Pharisees. I would want to break from the Pharisees. But uh, he didn't get a break because what happened? Well, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. You can imagine that this mother... You know, and, and, and her, you know, her desperation, her daughter's oppressed by a demon, uh, who can cast it out? And, and then she hears that, that Jesus is there. And so she, she comes and she begs for mercy, right? It's the only thing she can do. But the thing is, she is a Gentile, right? That's what it says, a Canaanite woman. She's not Israelite. Now, at this time, the Canaanites weren't really a people anymore. I mean, they had been gone for a thousand years. It's kind of her, her ancient ancestry. Maybe you wonder about that because in Mark's gospel, she's a Syrophoenician woman. Uh, but here she's Canaanite. It's just, you know, one is her birthplace, the other is her background. Uh, someone can be from Singapore and Chinese, and they're both true. But she's a Gentile, and, you know, Jews don't mix with Gentiles. Right? Jews, uh, you know, they, they, they keep themselves clean, you know, they, uh, they don't wash their hands. And one of the things, well, we don't hang out with Gentiles. And yet this woman, well, she has real faith, doesn't she? What does she say to Jesus? Lord, the son of David. And she really believes in him. The funny thing is that Jesus seems to resist her, right? He doesn't answer her a word. He completely ignores her. And, and you know, they travel around the area, and, and this woman keeps on crying out after them, and the disciples, they're just embarrassed. Jesus, you just heal, you know, <laughs> can you just send her away and then heal the girl, you know? Uh, but Jesus says, no, I've come only for the lost sheep of Israel. Uh, verse 24, I'm the Messiah. I'm the king of the Jews. I came to save the Jews. And yet this woman just, she steps up her faith, right? Verse 25, you know, she came to Jesus and knelt before him. And it knelt is the word for worship, right? She worships Jesus. You know, come on, Jesus, you feel. You should help her. Now, you may wonder, why is Jesus being so rude? Why is he, you know, what's wrong? Uh, well, of course, Jesus knows exactly what he's doing, right? I mean, if he didn't like Gentiles, he wouldn't go to a Gentile area, right? Now, I think he's making his disciples think. He's making us think right um, how about gentiles you know he's the king of the jews you know hey jewish readers 
is Jesus just for Jews or is he also for Gentiles? Because Gentiles are dogs. Uh, that's what he then says to the woman, you know, um, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Uh, I'm sure you'd agree with that. I don't know if you have a dog, uh, you know, kids, teenagers, you know, you, uh, your mom is cooking your favorite meal. You're in the kitchen and it smells so nice. And then she puts it in a bowl and gives it to the dog. I mean, you'd be angry, right? Uh, it's just normal. But of course, they're just meaning to this, right? Because the Israel, they were the children of God. And Gentiles were dogs. And, and dogs is an insult. I mean, we, we love dogs here in Hong Kong. Hey, you see a lady with a pram and, you know, this really uh, nice baby. And then, oh, no, it's not a baby. It's, a, it's this dog or something. But, you know, dogs is an insult. We saw that in the protest, right, a few years ago. Being called a dog is, is not a good thing. But amazingly, this woman is not offended. You know, she, she almost accepts it. She says, yeah, that's right. But, you know, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I, I know I'm a Gentile. I know I'm not worthy. I know I don't deserve this. But, you know, dogs still get crumbs. So I don't ask for bread. Just, just crumbs. Just heal my daughter. That's all. She's so humble. And, yeah, and, and Jesus... You know, he stops messing. He shows his true nature. Uh, what does he say? Wow, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment, right? Of course, you know, she has such faith. Of course, he loves her. He blesses her, even though she's a Gentile, right? And, and you feel that this is right and, and just. Jesus is just fair and wonderful. And, and, and she's not just the exception that proves the rule, because the, the rest of the passage it's more Gentiles, right? Because then, uh, you know, he has this, he goes somewhere else and he got this huge crowd coming for healing, right? With the lame and the blind and the crippled and the mute. And, he, you know, he heals them and it's a really successful ministry. But who are those people? They're Gentiles. I mean, Matthew Hinn said it. I mean, in Mark's gospel, it's very explicit. It's on the east side of the, uh, of the lake. So it's the Gentile side. But, but even here, look, look what happens at the end of the healing, right? Verse 31. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Why does he include the God of Israel? So many times Matthew just said, and they praised God. They praised God. Why the God of Israel? Well, because it was not their natural God. These were Gentiles. But in this case, they didn't praise their own God. They praised the God of Israel. They, you know, they believed in the true God, right? Through Jesus, uh, the God of Israel. And then he feeds them. And again, it's, it's, it's this, yeah, the feeding of the 4,000. And it's such a deja vu, right? I don't know what you think of this story. Uh, you might think, why did Matthew include this? The feeding of the 4,000? Because it seems a bit pointless. It's exactly the same as the feeding of the 5,000, right? There's a big crowd in a desert place. And they don't have food. And the disciples have no idea how, where to get food. While well, they have some bread and some fish. Uh, Jesus makes them sit down, uh, praise, and everyone has enough food. And there's big baskets of leftovers at the end. It's exactly the same story. Um, it's just less impressive, right? If Jesus can feed 5,000, he can do 4,000. What's the point of the story? You know, some people, they think even, you know, some liberal scholars. Well, surely this is just the same story. 
right? It's the same legend about Jesus that traveled the world. And here it became 4,000, here it became 5,000. And Matthew heard both stories and he was so stupid, he thought it was different. No, it is the same story. That, that's absolutely right. But these are Gentiles. It's, it's a Gentile crowd. So we have Jews who are provided for and saved by Jesus, and we have Gentiles. That, that's the whole point. Maybe the numbers hint at that, right? Well, how many baskets for the 5,000? 12, which is the 12 tribes of Israel. And here, 4,000. So four is the number in the Bible of creation, north, south, east, west, and the number of the world. These are Gentiles, right? So Jesus loves Gentiles. He has mercy on Gentiles. This whole passage, yeah. He's the Jewish Messiah, but he is, yeah, he's for Gentiles. And, and, and that's great for us, right? We are Gentiles and nearly all, I think that's one person with Jewish ancestry, but we're Gentiles, right? And so Jesus, he also came for you, which is wonderful, right? He gives you, imagine, you know, you really want Jesus and he says, sorry, I didn't come for you. It's terrible. No, Jesus he loves you and he came for you and whoever you are whatever your background whatever your education whatever your ethnicity it doesn't matter jesus is there for you and unlike here in hong kong where some people are really second class citizens not with jesus but there's a reason for that there's a reason why the king of the jews is very happy to welcome all these gentiles and that's a really deep, important truth that we, yeah, we, we need to get at. Because we hear Jews and Gentiles, and what do you think? Well, I think of geography, right? Here is one country, and there's the other countries. And this is the chosen country, and these are the other countries. And it seems so arbitrary. But actually, Jews and Gentiles, it's not about geography. If you were a Jew, what's the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles? Well, Gentiles were unclean. They were defiled. Unclean, that they're just unacceptable to God. They're not allowed in. Just like you need to sanitize your hands before you get into a restaurant. You know, they were dirty. They couldn't come to God's presence. Why Gentiles? Well, they didn't know God. They worshiped idols. That's why they couldn't go to God. They didn't have the law. So they did all kinds of immoral things, all kinds of terrible sins. Yeah. So the Jews were clean and the Gentiles were unclean. But Jesus is doing something huge here. He's asking well, who is really unclean? Who is really unclean? Because that's the issue. Yes, she's Gentile, this woman. But actually what Jesus wants to focus on is that, you know, she's unclean. Because what, eh, you may want, we, we talked about it, but why does he, Matthew, describe her as Canaanite? A Canaanite woman. I mean, that's ancestry from long ago. Why does, why Canaanite? Why not Sarah Phoenician? Well, just the word Canaanite, it leaves such a bad taste if you're Jewish, right? Think of the, who are the Canaanites? Well, it's those people in the land before Israel came, those terrible people. You mean, you hear Canaanite and, and you think of Baal worship and temple prostitution, child sacrifice, fertility cults, uh, that's Canaanite, right? And, and, and not just she's Canaanite, I mean, she's from Sidon, a woman from Sidon, a Sidonian woman. Now, I don't know, maybe you, Sidonian woman, if you know your Bible, there's one very famous, well, infamous Sidonian woman. Actually, hey, we're on Zoom. Do you know who I'm talking about? You can put it in the chat. Who is a very infamous Sidonian woman in the Bible? Any idea? 
Sidonian woman in the Bible. Yes, that's right, Esther. Jezebel. Uh, Jezebel, right? The, the, the wife of King Ahab, who kind of forced Baal worship and everything. Jezebel. So she is kind of, you know, she's from Sidon. You, you see her, and a Jewish person would think of Jezebel. And she's the queen of unclean, basically. That's why they were called dogs, right? Dogs were unclean animals. They lived on the street. They brought disease into your home. That's why dog is an insult. They're unclean. And Jesus, you know, he shouldn't help her because she's unclean. No, Jesus has come for the clean, holy people and not for unclean Gentiles. Well, who is really unclean? Because this passage, there's a reason it comes right after last week. Last week with Jesus and the Pharisees, they had this big discussion about uncleanness. Right? Because the Pharisees thought, you know, we, we have our traditions and we wash our hands and we keep the religious rules. And that's why we're clean. Right? And if you don't keep the rules, you're unclean. But then Jesus said, actually, it's not about death. And remember what he said last week, uh, verses 17 to 20. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Now, it doesn't defile anyone. That's, that's the thing. The Pharisees, yeah, they, they looked very clean on the outside. But Jesus said, what's your heart like? Well, it's full of greed and lust. Right? There's no way that you're clean on the inside. And that is what matters. But the outside, well, eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile anyone. So this woman, you see her. And you know her, she's from Sidon and she's Canaanite and, you know, she's unclean. Well, on what basis? Didn't you hear what Jesus just said? It's about the heart. It's not about the externals. It's not about the country you're from and you're washing your hands. It's about your heart. Which means that the difference between Jew and Gentile, there isn't any. That is the huge thing that Jesus says. It doesn't matter where you're from. Jews and Gentiles are the same because... We have the same heart, right? We're all sinners. We, we are equally unclean and, of course, equally loved. Jesus, that's why he welcomes Gentiles and not as second-class citizens. No, Jews and Gentiles, they're equal. And so he treats them equally. That's why we get these, these prophecy, uh, these healings, which is, you know, it's like a prophecy. It's a prophecy from Isaiah about Israel, but Gentiles, you know, feeding in the wilderness. This, this, that's Israel's national history but with Gentiles, just Gentiles are welcome exactly the same as the Jews, they, because they are exactly the same inside. They are, and, and the outside doesn't matter, right? That is the big thing. The old distinctions are gone, clean and unclean. It's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of your background and your ethnicity. We're equally unclean, equally dogs, equally loved. Of course, then what, does, but is there any difference? You know, why are some people saved and why not others? Why are some people included? Well, it's the response, right? We are all equal before God with our hearts, but we don't all respond in the same way. And that's the other side of what Jesus is doing. He's, he's redefining God's people. God's people are redefined. I mean, who gets saved and blessed? It's those who respond, right? 
I mean, you see here this great crowd of Gentiles and they, they come to Jesus for healing and they praise the God of Israel. You know, and, and Jesus goes to his hometown and they say, who is this guy? Who do you think he is? And they don't believe in him. I mean, who should get blessed? Well, it's the Gentiles, right? They respond. Or, or put this woman next to the Pharisees, right? It's, you know, she is such a contrast. Here's the religious experts, and they reject Jesus. They, they're, they're trying to test him and condemn him. And here's this woman. She's a Gentile, but she calls him the son of David, right? And the, the Pharisees say, oh, I don't need you. I'm clean. Uh, she knows she's not worthy. So she, she comes to him, and she trusts in him. She needs him. I mean, who should Jesus heal? Who should Jesus help? Of course, it's the one who responds, right? With the crowds. That's what, that's what he emphasizes. Woman, great is your faith. It's, it's her faith that saves, right? She has faith in Jesus. That makes the difference. And that's the big shift. God's people is no longer what country you're from. It is about your response to Jesus, right? And because we're all equal anyway. It's just those who respond which of course is important for us to know. And then what is the right response? How should I respond? Well, this woman is, she's such a great example, right? She really, um, yeah, if she is a right response and Jesus highlights her. Well, first of all, I think there's a real humility here, right? This woman knows she was unclean. I, I don't deserve anything. Uh, Jesus should want nothing to do with me. I'm not fit for his presence. Uh, unlike the proud Pharisees. So for us, yeah, we, it's so important to, to keep humble, to realize, you know, I, I'm by myself, I'm unclean. I don't deserve bread. I, I just can hope for some crumbs in mercy. That's the, that's the right attitude to Jesus, right? Of course, when you become a Christian, you know, your heart just gets changed and those kind of things. But, but in ourselves, we, we are nothing, right? And so that's why it's so good to keep confessing our sins every service. Uh, have a longer confession uh, Ash Wednesday, Lent in this season of, of, of reflection. Just keep ourselves humble. Uh, I try to do that sometimes. Uh, just, you know, stay humble. Um, I, I sometimes make a list of all the good things I've done this week. Not very long. Uh, and then all my thoughts and words and deeds that are sinful. And, you know, can I really come to God with this CV this week? No, I can't. So that I, I keep trusting Jesus. Because that's the other side. That, that's faith, right? She comes to Jesus because we really need him. I mean, unclean does matter. Ultimately, the Jew and Gentile thing, it does go back to God and what he was trying to teach. Uh, not about the superiority of one country over another. No, that sin matters, right? If you're an idolater, if you're immoral, well, you can't be with God. You're not acceptable to him, right? And if you're not a Christian... Uh, yeah, be honest. Do you think your life is really something that, that God would accept? Uh, well, Jesus would say it's not, especially your heart, right? No matter what you look at on the outside, the inside. But that's why we, we come to Jesus, because Jesus can make us clean. Right? That's why believing in him matters. It's, it's not just an intellectual thing. No, Jesus makes us clean, right? Especially because, you know, he died on the cross. That is where he makes you clean because he took all your uncleanness, everything you've done, everything about your heart. He took that on himself and he became unclean. He became disgusting to God and, and God just couldn't look at him, right? We're going to sing it in a moment. The father turns his face away 
Uh, he forsook Jesus because Jesus was just so disgustingly unclean. But that was for you. And he took the wrath and the punishment that was due to you. And so you can now be clean. You can take everything away and you are clean. And that's why you are welcome. You can come to God's presence because Jesus took that uncleanness away. He made you clean. Right? And so no matter who you are, your background, your country, your, your job, it doesn't matter. The, the, the worst sin you've committed, it doesn't matter. Jesus paid for it all. You can come to him and you're welcome. If you, and if you're clean, yeah, you're one of God's people, you'll be saved. Um, only God's people will be saved, but anyone can be God's people because Jesus can make anyone clean. Well, how should we respond? Surely, I hope we're thankful. I hope that this warms our heart if we, you know, we've just confessed our sin to yeah, have that assurance of Jesus' welcome, whoever we are. But I think it's worth applying to, you know, how do we see others, right? Because, you know, Jesus welcomes Gentiles. That's great. But I, I read this as a Gentile. And so I think Matthew's teaching me, you know, uh, Jesus loves people like me because I'm a Gentile. The thing is, Matthew was writing to Jewish readers. For them, the passage said, well, actually, Jesus loves people unlike you. Right? He also loves people different from you. Right? He, he welcomes them because they respond to him. And their background doesn't matter. So how do we see people? Surely, if we're all equal, do I really, uh, yeah, do I see, <laughs> where's, am I humble or am I proud? Right? It's very easy to uh, you know, have pride, you know, I've got a better job, a better background, my country is really special, and look down on others. I mean, we need to take what Jesus is seriously, right? All those things don't matter. It's about your heart. And is your heart really so much better than this other person you look down on? No, right? If, if people really knew your heart, you know, we should be, be humble. We're all the same. But... We want to help people. We want to share the gospel. Who do we share it with? Right? Because anyone can be God's people. But even though we, in theory we believe that, right? of course, Jesus is for everyone. In practice, I find it very easy to just focus on people like me. Right? Um, we have the greatest hope, but I, I just think of the people who are like me, you know, a middle-aged man. You know, in church, who do I gravitate to? The middle-aged man. You know, parents, foreigners, that's kind of where I fit, right, socially. And so, you know, someone comes to church, oh, God is, God is going to save this person. And it's very easy to ignore everyone else. But, but, but you know, people unlike me, it doesn't matter. Everyone can respond. Everyone is welcome. Then it was, yeah, it came home to me. I've, I've told this story before, but it was, yeah, it was so striking. So if you've ever been to uh, Tim Tatsoi, uh, as a man, you probably, you walk down Nathan Road and then, yeah, the people call you, hello, my friend, do you want tailor-made suit, right? I'm sure you've, you've had that experience. Uh, tailors who want to make you a suit. It's nice, but I'm always too busy, right? I just walk on. Well, one time I was walking to St. Andrews with someone from another church. Uh, we just had lunch. We were going to map and, uh, yeah, we walked along Nathan Road. Hello, my friend. Uh, I was just going to walk on, but, but then this guy said, hey, Ali, how, how are you doing? Uh, how's your family, uh, your daughter? Uh, did you read that track that I gave you last week? And I just felt so embarrassed, right? Because here was this guy who had 
you know, notice this person and befriended him, try to reach out to him. And, and I just, he just didn't fit in my world. Right? I was just focused on people like me. And, and this, this, this person who really needed Jesus, a South Asian Muslim, he really needed Jesus. And I just had no eyes for him. And I was just so ashamed, right? Going to teach about evangelism and just ignoring this person, right? No, we, Jesus loves people unlike me as well. And basically, I just look at the externals, right? Uh, God saves these kind of people. And people who are very different, I just don't think about them. Well, this passage should make us think, no. Everyone is equally unclean. And everyone is welcome. Everyone can respond. So maybe for you, think, who are some of the people around me uh, that, uh, I've that I ignore? People from church, you know, that I've haven't been encouraging or just people around me who I've been, you know, I want to share the gospel. Now there's some people I've just forgotten because they're different, right? As I go about life, I seek to share hope. I pray for people, want to help. Do I help those who are different from me? So again, it's great that we're going to support a mission for migrant workers. Please do that. But, but in everything, right? Jesus loved those who are really unlike me. Uh, let's pray we would have that same love because we know we're all equally unclean, equally loved. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the incredible love you have here. Thank you for not looking on the outside, but looking at our hearts. But in a way, not looking at our heart because you can see our hearts are so unclean. And yet you, you took all that uncleanness and welcomed us, made us acceptable, made us children of God. Pray that that would transform us and that that love that included us would also flow out to others. Uh, open our eyes to those who we've been ignoring, those who we, we just couldn't see because we're blinded just uh, by who we are. Uh, help us to see all people as you love them and to love them like you. In Jesus' name. Amen.